0: Married to prepare, Podcast, 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 podcast. podcast. <laughs>
1: but do Welcome to Married to Who, a podcast where a couple of couples watch Doctor Who for the very first time. My name's Jake. With me are Cody, Sam, Jill, Alex, and producer Terry. This week, we're here to talk about Fugitive of the Jatoon, written by Vene Patel and Chris Chibnall, directed by Nita Manzor. Aired January 26th, 2020. Jill. Yes. Uh, what'd you think of this one?
2: Phenomenal.
1: Cody. This episode's pretty good. Sam?
3: It was really good. I enjoyed it.
0: Terry. It
4: was very fun
0: to watch. <laughs> Alex? How is no one, like, losing their shit off this right, right now? Like, don't this was don't great. ruin this for me, Alex. This was a great episode. Don't. Amazing. Don't. No.
5: Yeah, hey, Jake, What? Uh, what's the next thing we're going to talk about?
1: Um, Horror movies? Ooh. Ooh. What'd you think of this episode, though? Obviously. Uh, it's fine. Like, it's not one I really bother... On. Rewatching, like the reveals are really good. It's fun to see Jack. It's the doctor stuff is fun, but like the episode itself is kind of a nothing and it's kind of a mess. I was starting to think if we watched the right episode, but yeah, okay.
2: Did so, we? So
0: you guys just don't enjoy <laughs> an awesome episode.
5: All right. <laughs> what? Well, I think he kind of nailed it out of the head. I don't remember any of the episode, but I fucking remember John Barrowman. Yeah.
2: Do you remember the Jadoon? Do you remember what's oh, her face? Oh, the Doctor a leader? second doctor. No, do you remember the second doctor? No, Bo Fro,
5: No Yo, Yeah. Why? What? Also, story arc, what? man.
0: <laughs> yeah, this this was amazing.
1: <laughs> the week before it came out, they like the Doctor Who, um, PR team put out, or the press team put out a big surprise in this episode, so that when you see Jack. Like 15 minutes into it, you're like, oh shit, that's so fucking cool. And you think that's the surprise. And then, oh, there's a whole nother doctor, and this is a multi-doctor episode.
3: But is it?
1: Is it? Who knows? It is. There
5: Yeah, obviously. There's some real wonky yeah. shit going on because now they have to dig into previous canon and we're we're just kinda like, we're gonna jam this doctor in here. Actually, I'm just going to take a guess here, and there's just going to be a separate dimensional Doctor. Completely different time stream, completely different dimension. Like a different universe? Not really, yeah, not canon, the Marvel cop-out.
1: If I may, Chris Chibnall came out right after this episode aired and said, this is the Doctor, not a different dimension. Not an alternate universe. This is the Doctor.
5: Hmm. Oh, then I hope Chibnall's got some crafty writing because I'm sure there's some Doctor Who historians that are like, Uh, one, this has been done before, Chibnall. Thank you. And two... What's been done before? Uh, just cramming in a Doctor where nobody saw a Doctor.
1: Yes, which is why it's weird... I mean, we'll talk more about this later, but yeah, the War Doctor. That's the other time it happened. Yep.
5: Come on, Chibnall. Come on. Be better than... I I love
2: the build to a story arc, or the continuation of a story arc. Again, I keep referencing last season, but I think coming off of last season where there wasn't a story arc and it was a lot of random thrown at us with not a lot of answers or anything at all, I love this. Yeah. Like getting back to something that's gonna have continuation and like reveal things and teach us Any more theories, about the Jill? doctor. Uh, no, I gotta think. Throughout this podcast, I'll think I'll come up with something, but no, still digesting.
1: We didn't just get the doctor in this. We got a couple other time lords too, so that was kind of cool. Yeah, Commander Gat. She was baller, and whatever Lee I was. Guess. Lee, wait, yeah. that was a time lord.
2: No, he, he said well, he had he was, the same
1: training as Gat, or Gat said it to him.
2: He was her oh. protector. So isn't that just a companion? I thought he was a companion. Well, but...
1: she did say a companion so to the very I. end. And Faithful companion, yeah. which is a phrase often used. Yeah. But uh yeah, I thought too, even while watching this, I was like, so it's like obviously he's like her companion and he's human because he's scanned as human. But then Gat says Bio Yeah, Gat said we went to the same Training together, and then they do, yeah, frequently use the bio shield thing, hmm. even though Ruth Doctor used the chameleon arch.
0: Interesting, which
1: we've seen before in Cody's favorite episode. Yeah,
0: I, I I love that pullback.
2: We've also seen humans become time travelers, though, Clara.
1: Well, yeah, but she's not a time lord.
2: Do we know he's a time lord, though? Just because. Well, we
1: know he's Gallifreyan. Just like Commander Gat, they don't say, or I think they do eventually say Time Lord, but at first they say Gallifreyan. Question. Crazy. Go. Hold up. Sam?
3: (laughs) He can ask a question, I suppose.
1: Oh, oh, good. It's the first time he's ever done it in the first 45 minutes of an episode. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just trying to remember, what was inside the
4: silver box? A Medal of Valor for Lee oh that's right okay all right yeah because my brain was just thinking of how in family of blood like if it was the same thing for ruth with the lighthouse thing that all of her memories and stuff like that were
1: inside like the pocket watch or it is the same but it wasn't the metal it was like the fire escape or the fire alarm in the lighthouse right okay how creepy is lee though when
5: the doctor gets chameleon arched and now the doctor has married Lee. Oh, yeah. They got down. (laughs) Lee straight up walked in and just, like, chameleon rohypnoled the doctor. Yeah,
1: Martha really screwed up. (laughs) She should have been like, (laughs) you and I are married. (laughs) Things are a bit fuzzy, but promise. (laughs) When I snap my fingers. Uh... Yeah, let's talk about Ruth Doctor then, which is what she's commonly called by the fandom or Fugitive Doctor. Um, I think she's fucking awesome.
5: Doctor, yeah. The way she... I don't know who the actress is. Joe Martin. The way she portrays that Doctor is fucking sweet. I I feel like that's the flavor of Doctor that I want. And I think we kind of touched on that, or Jill especially touched on that in one of the previous episodes, where it's like... Or, or may, maybe not. It's all the mannerisms that we see from like some of the more the the masculine doctors, the ma- the male doctors that are like kind of forceful in their ambitions and getting things done and and solving problems. Whereas Jody Whittaker is really this is a flat structure. Whereas like all the male doctors were like this is fucking hierarchical. You're dumb. Uh, this is what we're gonna do. Uh, and that's that's kind of where this um ruth doctor kind of fits is just a savvy powerhouse of a doctor yeah that dresses and and go ahead and carry this terry dresses so
4: fucking well oh god yeah her coat and shirt combo just oh man so good so freaking good and i love the little banter that her and jody had of just like i'm not all rainbows and pants up to here it was just like oh my god just the bickering between the two was great yes
5: thank you and, and don't get me wrong uh jody Whitaker is a fantastic doctor um but there's there's a tier of doctors and i like ruth doctor a bit better. i think we
2: already know more about ruth doctor than we do about jody after a season and a half <laughs> right also the <laughs> That's companions a good point. the companions pointing out like sometimes you're really mad and sometimes you're really happy really bothered me like yeah with the jody doctor that is like if the companions have to say it that means we haven't seen it
5: then the companions were like well what's this and jody's like it's uh, and she's like you always
2: ask me all these questions it's like then why haven't we seen any questions it's like they're just covering in in that conversation all of the things they haven't actually showed us as viewers i actually do
1: really like that line because i think it the point of it is to show like how she is getting darker because they ask why can't we go to gallifrey and she says because you ask too many questions and that that was like a go fuck yourself line and i thought it was awesome of
2: course they ask questions It's their job.
0: Well, the team finally realized they don't know shit.
2: And she just drops them off when she's going to go do important things.
1: (laughs) Right. Go explore this planet. I'll be back.
4: But I did like the speech at the end that the three of them gave to the doctor of just saying, like, we don't care what your past lives were. We don't care what your future lives were. Like, we are here With you now, like we are here to support you now because this is what we know. And it's like, yes, with the whole uh, argument of like, they don't know anything about her. But at the same time, it's they just love the person that they're with at the moment. Like they don't care about Capaldi or anything before. I I, I truly just love that speech. It was really nice. It was a fun flip. Seeing the companions giving that kind of speech compared to the doctor giving it all the time.
1: I like that it was Yaz that initiated it, but the very words they're saying is something we've been complaining about for a season and a half, is that they're backing her for no reason.
0: Yeah, Ryan's just like, yeah, and whatever's coming, we we got you. We're here. Like, why? (laughs) (laughs) Because she has
5: secrets. They just want to get to the secrets, man. They want to know how the sausage gets made. They don't really care. They'll tell her they care. None of that's true. They're companions. They'll blindly follow the doctor because that's
1: that's just how that's they're written. That's the story. Sam, you haven't said anything. What do you think about
3: Ruth's doctor? She was interesting. I'm still hesitant. I want to see more. Like, there's got to be... Is this like a... It's not a two-parter, but there's got to be more to it. I just i need to know more if this is all i'm gonna be very upset
1: (laughs) well the story's not done like there's more doctor who that hasn't aired yet like they're shooting doctor who right now for next fall what was i gonna say so joe martin who plays ruth um is awesome she's a great follow on twitter and she loves doctor who and was like so excited She didn't know she was auditioning for the Doctor. She just thought she was auditioning for a generic part. And uh, it's super cool. Um, I think in our podcast, Alex, I compared her to the third Doctor, who's one of my favorites, who was always, like, beating the shit out of people and just, like, also wore a ridiculous shirt. (laughs) But if you do want to see her, again, they announced... So they're doing this... um, this Doctor Who, like, live stage show experience thing. And all of the Doctors are going to be in it. And a bunch of living Doctors have, like, recorded stuff for it. Including Jody and Joe Martin. And so she is going to be back as the Doctor for that thing. But you know who isn't going to be? John Barrowman, who recorded something for it, but he was cancelled this week. So what do you guys think of Jack coming back?
0: Oh. Wait.
5: What? Bearman was canceled this week?
1: Yep. Uh-oh. What did he do? So a couple weeks ago when all that stuff was coming out about Noel Clark and he had like 25 women accuse him of bullying and sexual misbehavior and stuff like that, um, people were like, yeah, that whole production team during that time was kind of shitty and like, not like it was kind of like a boys club or like a like everyone was just kind of running around being crazy and then you know it's like oh yeah remember how Christopher Eccleston said he quit because he didn't like how lower tier people in the production staff were being treated by the higher tier people like it starts really making sense and then uh, some other people were like oh yeah remember how John Barabin used to always whip his dick out like all the time (laughs) in front of everybody.
3: And then,
0: uh well, he didn't have a sock on in that one scene. So, those robots
1: right. got an eyeful. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> this is a thing John Barban used to do all the time, and he even like had in two thousand eight had to issue an apology because he did it on a radio show, like on BBC One. And he dude just whips his dick out, and if you look at his Instagram, he's constantly whipping his ass out in public, and he's just likes getting naked. But he apologized for it. You know, 10, 12 years ago, said he hasn't ever done it again. And everyone's kind of moved on. And I don't think any like public or news places were really calling for him to be canceled or anything. But the BBC was just like, ah, we're going to pull the plug on this. And then he also had recorded some stuff for Big Finish that's about to come out. That got pulled. Oh, no. So this might be the last time we see Captain Jack. Oh, no. That's too
5: bad. Well, I mean, just somebody else could play Captain Jack. It'd be different, (laughs) but I think, like, maybe somebody could... Who's the guy who uh, plays Loki? Make him play Captain Jack.
1: (laughs) Yeah, just give him $15 million to come.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Jesus, he's expensive, huh?
1: That's too bad. Yeah, don't whip your dick out at work, kids. Why? Dang it. You know
5: what? It's too bad, because I was going to make the comment that, like... I, John Barrowman could have fuck kissed me. I would have been fine with it. It looks like Graham didn't appreciate that enough. <laughs> it looks like he didn't he appreciate didn't it away. at all. He didn't back away. Uh, I think I'd have to re-watch that one, because it looked like he didn't see it coming.
1: He <laughs> like it maybe seemed like he, did he was it like off he script. He was
5: pretty surprised and trying
1: to, like, draw away. Yeah, I think that was off script. They have said when he kissed Christopher Eccleston in the season one finale that that was just Barrowman. He, he didn't know he was going to do that. <laughs> so it wouldn't wouldn't be outrageous. Maybe that's his thing,
5: is like, when he Captain Jack sees the Doctor, Captain Jack needs to put a big old smackeroo on the Doctor, whoever the Doctor is. Eccleston. Uh, Graham. He thought he was wrong, but, you know, I, I'd kiss Graham too. Graham's great.
1: What do y'all think of Captain Jack? I'm just going to say one thing about him. I hate that they dyed his hair. They should have just left it silver. It looks amazing. It made him look 20 years older by dyeing his hair black or er, brown again. That's what was odd. I thought he looked Something super young. Something
2: was off. I thought so, too. I didn't so remember look at him his looking Instagram. that He looks young.
1: amazing with his silver hair. Like th- They said in his last appearance on Doctor Who that he gets the odd silver hair here and there. So, like, make it a million years later. And he just has silver hair. Like, he aged eight years in a million years like not a big deal
5: interesting i
0: thought i thought his uh delivery of some lines felt off too like he he wasn't as like quick and quippy at some moments and it's just like i don't know i couldn't put my I thought finger I they were on just it. badly written could be like that they're too just dumb jokes yeah they were just dumb cheesy jokes yeah
5: yeah, that I got that feel when uh, Berriman was saying the line about the nano genes, yeah. and he just like he had to say this undeliverable line <laughs> about how he was dying to nano genes.
1: Right, and come on, Chibnall, just because there were nano genes in his first story doesn't mean you have to cram them in for no fucking reason. <laughs> you can have any reason for him to have to hurry up and leave. How about the spaceships that are shooting at him? that that would work yeah Yeah. (laughs) he doesn't even have to leave he could just transport them away and be like oh i have to do this fight you guys should get out of here it's gonna be dangerous yeah easy but still i when i first saw it and i heard his voice i was like uh that sounds familiar and then the second time he said something i was like no fucking way i was so excited i was watching it with terry today he kind of opened his mouth in a little bit of a smile (laughs) that was about it uh, Jill didn't see it coming at all.
3: Nope, I didn't see it coming either. And Cody, like, knew immediately.
1: Oh, so you didn't know until, like, he popped up?
3: Yeah,
5: oh, yeah. No, I was able to recognize his voice on the comms. Like, this Behrman, he's got a pretty recognizable voice, I think. Yeah. yeah,
3: when I watched it with you, it definitely was like, Oh, yep, yep, that's definitely him.
1: Yeah, it's always a little jarring when you hear an American and the, or an American accent. Yeah it's that it's like oh shit i know who that is it's exciting jack's great
5: he's so high energy and just fun as fuck plus he's invincible (laughs) but like that type of character is phenomenal you know it feels what makes captain jack so cool but me just so not cool or, or am I the only one who thinks me is just kinda of bland? Oh
3: uh, like the character me. The character so me. I was gonna different.
4: say like, wait, are oh. we talking about Cody? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I kinda like the idea of like a character like Jack who's more still <laughs> and like more sinister. Whereas Jack like you always know what Jack's thinking. Actually, if we ever watch Torchwood, we'll get to see all kinds of different sides of Jack.
5: Oh, this legit made me want to watch Torchwood Oh, like shit. immediately, because, god, just the smile, the barriman
1: smile,
0: ha! <sighs>
1: oh, and guaranteed you'll get to see his ass in it. <laughs> oh yeah, nice.
0: All right, you you dang near get to see it dong hanging like it's.
4: <gasps> oh, why are we it's, watching?
0: <laughs> it's <laughs> there's there's some spicy see, uh, scenes in Torchwood. Oh, and yeah. Sam and I watch a lot of
5: Westworld so there's <laughs> Dongalore
3: Dongalore
5: <laughs> oh, <I, laughs> the new town <laughs> I used to summer there <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty I'm sure not... our lake home is down past Dongalore it's just, it's
0: just full of uh, just like <laughs> 6 foot 5 hot Brazilians jacked out of their minds just naked <laughs>
2: That's right. That's just Brazil. It's right next to the Lone Goat Resort, I believe. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) No, the Lone Goat Resort has property in Dongalore. Oh, that's how it works. Yeah.
4: Yeah. (laughs) (sighs) Anyway. Anyway. Uh, If I could just do a quick throwback to Ruth, did anyone else uh, think of River when you were watching her? No. No. I was getting River when she was actual doctor mode and like she had the gun and she was like doing all well, of the like, yeah. quiet, down the, and, like all of her.
0: If we're talking Ruth versus Ruth Doctor, yes, that's like completely different character. And the actress is amazing for being able to have such a drastic change and just be awesome in both roles. It was mm-hmm. super cool.
1: First time I watched it, I. Was thinking it was the master. Jill said that a few times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Being as we already had the master introduced, this could be a future or past master, or we could be like, you know, heading towards a multi master story again, or it could just be like, hey, we had Sasha Dewan for two episodes. Now we're going to have a new master, and we're just going to keep running into masters all season or for a couple seasons. That's
4: cool. what I thought you guys... Gat was going to turn into of just the alternate version of the master. Yeah.
2: I also Are said that. Are you guys
3: that.
5: ready for me to blow your minds? Blow yes. me. always. You need to be ready, okay? And you need to keep an open mind. I'll try and keep this concise. So there was a line in this episode, right? And it was stated by Gat, which he said, It's impossible for the Doctor to be in the same place at the same time. It would create a paradox. Boys. It didn't create some sort of paradox. The time stream didn't collapse. Everything is just fucking fine. The Master is the Doctor. Always has been. And they've always been intertwined in their own time streams, somehow not causing paradoxes.
1: Never mind that we've seen like eight other episodes that had multiple Doctors hanging out together.
5: No, yeah, those were all, I mean, Masters too. The Master is just (laughs) at one point some sort of offset, a tangential regeneration of the Doctor through, like, say, perhaps a hand that regenerated
1: or something of the like. Could be. You wouldn't be the first person to posit that theory. So, the Jadoon are back. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Frodo, no go Frodo. Cody so, hates
3: the Jadoon.
5: <laughs> Here, fuck the Jadoon. <laughs> they're, it's, they're, they're so cool. The, the robot faces that they use, amazing. Yeah. yeah what they, they do they they to look great. Make in this the one. They look
3: so are good. are cool the scene
5: actually even the backstory of the jadoon is like really cool the
3: scene of the horn being ripped off was awful yeah
0: oh sam that is so good yeah i i totally forgot about the horn ripping
1: and when it happened yeah. I, I
0: went oh god the ripping
1: Yeah. When, the when ruth rips it off there's like a guttural response yeah. even though that, you that know they're the bad guys yeah
0: Jill was thinking that the master was involved somehow, and it kind of was set up with the line from the doctor saying, well, maybe he escaped and I can keep looking for him somehow. And that would make sense then that
1: this would like someone would then want to bounty hunt the master. Well, I don't know why she says maybe he escaped when at the end of that episode, she has a conversation with him on the hologram. So he clearly like got back to his TARDIS.
0: Oh, I thought that was pre-recorded, or, like, pre... No, they talk to each other. Yeah, I know, but, like, the TARDIS doesn't it have, like, smart holograms where you can, like, put a consciousness there and have a conversation where you're not actually there?
3: Yeah. That's what no, I thought, No, those too. were
1: pre-recorded. Oh. The only time that ever happened was Eccleston's last story, and that was pre-recorded. Hmm. It does have an interface where it was, like, little Amelia, but it wasn't really her.
0: All right. Well, I guess...
1: If that's the logic, then yeah, he got back to civilization. Or, you know, it's a time machine. It was somewhere in between the when he first told her Gallifrey was destroyed and before he got sucked into the uh, other universe of the... What are those things called? Anyone remember? Anyway. So the Jaduna. I love them. They're super cool just
0: being the the bounty hunter like dog the bounty hunters of of the universe is great i don't
5: think they're bounty
0: hunters that seems too they're mercenaries chaotic. different they seem no they were looking for their bounty what do you mean they're, con- they have to they're to contracted their contract. yeah they're contracted to to find someone like that's a bounty hunter
5: are they not just like the well okay yeah for some odd reason, I think that what was the Black Order or something? They were just that they, they were, were just
0: hired by them. So they're yeah. I guess in that instance, they're mercenaries. So they're just hireable forces.
5: They that yeah they contract on and they have like a very strict set of rules. It seemed like that they need to follow. Like they're a bureaucracy. They're a bounty hunter bureaucracy. Yeah.
0: But you can, like, <laughs> throw random ass rules at them and be like, so you don't know the rule. You better you better back down. And
5: they are under the. Like, control of the Imperial. Uh, God damn it. What the hell were they called? Shadow Proclamation. Not not Im- the shadow. Imperators? That's what I was talking the about Imperators? before. The Imperators. What are you guys talking about? What did the doctor use the psychic paper? Imperial regulators. That's it. So, like, I th- I'm being nitpicky, and this should all be cut out because it's boring and dumb. But like, bounty hunters don't have some dude behind them that's like, uh, nah, you didn't follow code B, section C underneath
1: regulated. no. These are So the way that I see it is that there... real life bounty hunters still follow the law. Yeah. <laughs> you you, you. Well, they follow some laws <laughs> like okay when <laughs> yeah, a cop is do. in their face they don't break this law <laughs>
0: <laughs> well and you saw that with the jadoon they were going to use an outlawed piece of machinery yeah to carry out their hunt
4: when the doctor showed up you're like you can't do that
5: yeah that's super true that, they don't give that's what time. i like about
4: right is the that they are so focused on their target that everything else is just collateral damage and they just don't care about it. It's like, no, nope, we need this. We are going to get this. And it's yeah. just like, you just blew up the world, but we got this.
0: Behold
5: our nuclear weapon yeah. <laughs> to murder the doctor.
0: I got, I got some, um, some like hive pride vibes too. Cause when the doctor was, threatening them with like, you're going to rack up so many violations. You'll never be hired again in the sector or whatever. Um, so it, it's kind of like, it's almost like it, it reminded me of the Mandalorians, you know, like they are a group of people that would take out bounties, but then like, they don't want to bring dishonor upon their group of people. It was interesting. I really like the Jadun. They're cool. I wish, I hope that they further expand on them in future episodes for
5: a bad guy that they use what seems so little, they just
0: feel so fleshed out. But they're not even bad. They're just bros trying to live their lives, man.
1: (laughs) Also, don't take everything the doctor says literally. Like Sometimes the doctor just talks to get everyone to stop for a second. So when she's saying stuff about, you'll rack up so many violations, you won't be hired in this sector, she might just be talking out of her ass. Yeah, but it made him think. Like, Well, yeah, that's the whole point. Right, but if they didn't
0: have like the don't bring dishonor upon my group, then they wouldn't care about that line. They would just be like fuck you. I'm going to blast this thing.
1: You want to do a tweet? Yes. Hmm. Maybe. Convention. Actually, we're going to do an email.
2: Remember Ooh. emails. Ooh.
1: Dang. What are we in oh. 1999?
2: Married to who at gmail.com. <laughs> uh,
1: This is from James A. Courtney. He was out of internet area this week so he said this a few days ago he says well this was quite an episode surprise upon surprise set up upon set up in some ways that makes this episode quite hard to talk about which we've obviously been discovering ourselves (laughs) as my feelings have changed on some things since first broadcast let's start by talking about the most current thing in the news john barrowman i don't particularly want to dwell on his previous horrible behavior on set but when i first learned of it i went off ever wanting him to come back This opinion only solidified when he started a strange vendetta against Stephen Moffat for supposedly blocking Torchwood from returning to TV, despite Moffat having nothing to do with the show, whilst RTD, who does, has no interest. Hours after this episode broadcast, Bearman was back to attacking Moffat in an interview, so just to warn you, my opinion on Jack may be tainted a little bit. Even still, I'm not sure that Jack was used all that well in the episode. He's reduced to spouting references and ominous setup with little else to contribute apart from getting the companions out of the way and providing a distraction from the real revelation of the episode. Bam! Joe Martin is the doctor. In... In 10 minutes, she gave a powerhouse performance that instantly sold me on her version of the Doctor, and dare I say, maybe she's actually a better Doctor than (laughs) Jodie. She still has the same script writers, but won me over so much faster, delivers lines much more like past Doctors would, and just gives all her scenes much more energy than anything else in this era. Her TARDIS set is gorgeous. Why can't we have that as the main one? Yeah,
2: it's yeah. so much um, more functional.
0: Nice. Jill said, <laughs> Jill said fantastic. it's a best.
1: It's it's a better TARDIS." <laughs> as soon as it really we is. saw Flash, so fit, I was like, "Oh, nice. better TARDIS." The only issue, and I think this is an issue that the episode suffers as a whole, is that the color grading is very overdone. It makes things murky and unclear. This is particularly a problem on Jack's ship, although that perhaps that is part of John Barrowman's vanity. Uh, the set looked so much clearer in the trailer before the over-the-top Instagram filters were added. I'm sure I'll send another review of this episode once the series is done, as there will be much to discuss. Can't wait to listen to your review. He you must have so many questions.
5: I really liked Barrowman's ship here. It was cool. I'm not. That was
3: not his ship. Yeah, it right? just... Like, well,
5: I mean, he stole it. Did we see Barrowman's ship? I assume that's what uh, is being talked about here, is the ship he stole.
1: Well, he's just saying the color grading during that scene was done. Or, like, if the scenes looked bad because they were put through so many filters.
5: Oh, but, right. I Yeah, I don't have much to say on that end. But I as just... far
1: as the ship, he was talking about Ruth's TARDIS.
5: Okay, well, they're both really nice. I think, like, John Barrowman's ship that he was flying that he stole could be a TARDIS console. That thing was amazing. Huge, empty, like... Cathedral type room with stairs leading up to a center console, a bunch of buttons I for the doctor to I think they released pictures
1: of it before, and a lot of people did think it was a TARDIS.
0: Yeah, I think I think I even said that in the Brothers and Who episode we did, um, where I I was trying to figure out if it was a TARDIS that he stole, uh, but then we saw the outside of it, and it made me think it was more like a shippy ship, not like <laughs> the old
5: shippy yeah. ship. Yeah, I agree with that.
1: Um, I'm pretty Fantastic sure that's a email. church in Cardiff. So I I think that was an altar that they just put some light-up buttons on.
5: Yeah, uh, yep. It's the Empire of Man. I just mean they didn't Warhammer. build
1: it. It exists. It's
4: a real place. I I did really like the uh, digging up the TARDIS in the grave. That was a really fun scene.
1: Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about the whole, the whole journey. But with the doctors together, like riding in the car, getting to the lighthouse, like it's also ominous and creepy. And like all these side glances from Ruth, and you know, it's. Uh, I think some parts, like the Jack reveal, the music's way over the top. But other parts, like the whole scene I'm talking about, I think Sagan Akinola's music is really good. Discuss.
0: Yes, I agree. Uh, when so from the time they were in the in the vehicle driving to the end of and the doctor or and Ruth doctor showing up, like that just whole stretch of time was amazing for me. I enjoyed the music. I enjoyed the direction, like the way they shot a lot of it. like when Jody's going up the spiral and like they have that drone shot outside. That was super cool. Like, it's just a
1: beautiful venue. It was great.
5: The drone shot was really nice to see. I did not expect that.
1: Jill, you haven't talked to him forever, and you love this episode. Give me some stuff.
2: I really like just the complexity of the story, I think. Um, that there's a lot going on. It doesn't relate to what you were just asking. But, like, just there's a lot of layers stacked up on the story. Like, we see the dune, we see a different Doctor. We see Jack Harkness. It just, like, felt like an action-packed Doctor Who story that didn't, like, dwell on something for too long, but we got a lot of information in one story.
3: You mean the Platoon of Jadun? By the Lagoon? <laughs> yeah. I did oh, hate man. that. I love that <laughs> uh, so no, much. It was the best part. It's just so good. I but
2: like that I deleting
1: his... Mrs. J's tweet.
2: <laughs> hate anything cheesy, so, uh, and but it's a callback
1: to David Tennant because he did the platoonage of Dune on the moon and they purposely wrote shit like that in for Tennant because they knew it was hard for him to say those kinds of words <laughs> in his Scottish accent.
3: So mean.
0: Well, so and my, my favorite part of that line, Jody saying it, is Yaz then going, that's a river or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. it wasn't a lagoon. <laughs> that's <laughs> him.
5: A canal. That's more like a A routine. canal, Yeah. Well, the doctor or Joni had comedic tiber, timing in there. She's just like a platoon of jadud and then like looks looks around for something to rhyme it and with. And she almost by the lagoon. said
3: moon, like she started to say moon. I also like that this story leaves
2: us with questions. Like, I don't think we've had a whole lot of that recently. Um, other than, you know, the master, but then there's a couple stories in between without the master. But I love that, that you like want to know more and you want to dig into it. And even though I can't, come up with any theories right now? Like I'm okay with that. I'm just excited for the next episode. And that hasn't happened to me for a long time.
4: I am really hoping it has something to do with the cryptic beware the lone cyberman. Like that Ooh. There's
1: not a chance in hell. Oh goddamn.
4: But
2: also the callback to like the old monsters Um, I'm excited for that, too, because like you said, the Cybermen, we haven't seen the Cybermen enough in the last two seasons.
4: And especially if it's like the last one or something like I'm just wondering how much it's evolved during all of this time and just what it will look like. Or like if it's the same as what we just saw on the ship uh, that was being sucked away with Missy and stuff, or if it's going to be like gold plated Cybermen or something like that. Like I'm I'm super excited about that.
2: I also, like, I, I'm trying to be open-minded to Jody, but I just haven't been excited about her doctor, and I don't think it's Jody's fault by any means, like I talked about last week. Um, I, I think it's writing and direction, but I'm excited for maybe, like, the competition of another doctor to see what that can bring out in her character.
0: But that's frustrating, too, because what the last tweet said is 10 minutes of her being the doctor, I was, yeah, I was immediately in. Mm-hmm. Like, I want that doctor. So why can't
1: the writing and direction be as good for Jody? <laughs> well, I think because it's 10 minutes, like, I think it's easier to write something good that's only 10 minutes versus having to write something good that's, how many are we on now, 20 hours?
2: But I think they gave us like the energy and the delivery that we're looking for in a doctor right away. And they haven't given us that with Jodi at all in any of those 20 hours. That's a
0: good point. So the... uh, I almost said the Rose Doctor. The Ruth Doctor. uh, Like, she is giving us things we've seen before, we're comfortable with. Jodi
1: is trying to do something new, which is great. And Joe Martin says exactly that in a lot of interviews. Like, she is a big Doctor Who fan, and she is taking a lot of stuff from other Doctors. And even her costume... Like, she's literally wearing Capaldi's pants and boots. And oh, really? And her shirt wow. is very third Doctor. And she didn't really pick a lot of the costume, but the costume designer had been on the show since Matt Smith. And because of that, it's a tweed jacket, just like Matt Smith's jacket. And so, like, it's purposely made to be an amalgamation of all the Doctors, whereas Jodie's trying to be a different Doctor. And to whatever success you might think. A lot of people unfavorably say she's doing a tenant impression.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I never thought of it that way. Because, yeah, she is doing something we haven't seen, so she will be a memorable doctor. She's not going to be so-and-so like so-and-so.
5: You can make one of those minimalistic posters of just, like, the shirt and pants, and everybody would know what it is.
1: Oh, yeah, I have one.
5: (laughs) Oh, Hey!
2: I don't have a problem with Jody doing something different, or direction, or writing doing something different. But the idea is that the Doctor does carry over. And, and yeah, we've seen like a new side of the Doctor with each Doctor, but it also is still the Doctor. And Jody feels really far off from any Doctor. Like, she is very far off from any Doctor we've known. But it almost makes it feel like she's not the Doctor.
1: Yeah, she's definitely far off from doctors we know on this podcast. Um, I think just personally, I know a lot of people would disagree with me, that RTD and Moffat are a lot more similar than people give them credit for. And their show from series one to series 10 can be viewed as like one continuous story. And I think after that, this is meant to be a hard cut and a new show. And if you look in the past, there are vast differences between other Doctors, and obviously we wouldn't know that because we're not watching Classic Who. But Chibno being a Classic Who guy, I mean, they all are, is kind of really conscious of that.
0: I will say to your point, Jill, I I, I agree um, that we haven't seen kind of the like the values that we've seen from other doctors in Jody's Doctor. But we also really haven't had that like groundbreaking character opening up episode, like background story with Jody's Doctor. You know what I mean?
2: hmm We haven't.
0: So so maybe that's part of it.
2: Right. So to recap my thoughts on the story, I loved that it had Elements that we've seen in previous episodes of the excitement of the adventure and of hopefully just a further story development for both doctors, because there's going to have to be. And I'm excited for that.
1: It's fun. It's fun to have an arc episode. Yeah, those are always the best X Files, and all the other shit was just filler, unless it was written by that (laughs) one dude who's really good. I can't remember his name. All right, let's do some more tweets. We're already an hour into this bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tweet me, daddy. Uh, well, speaking of Mrs. McCrimmon, she says, Contains one of the most shocking adrenaline-inducing couple of minutes in the show's history and the greatest line delivery and reference in the show ever. Oh. You and your platoon of Jadoon near the <laughs> that lagoon. <laughs> Love it.
0: It's a great
1: line. And then uh, the My Adventure in Space and Time podcast, so I'm guessing this is Siobhan, Nope. Sinead, who is the host of that podcast, says watched it on my phone on a bus. I was out when it aired and a friend told me to stay off social media and watch it ASAP and audibly gasped in shock throughout to the confusion of other passengers. Interested to see what your reactions will be. Uh, Check out the My Adventure in Space and Time podcast. Uh, Sinead has various friends on as she goes through her very first journey through classic who she's already a who fan but hasn't watched classic before and uh it's really good check it out
0: nice i think this would be a hard episode to watch in a bus like that (laughs) i would be very audible yeah
1: you're always audible true
2: he lies, he would just point to the screen over and over and over again.
1: <laughs> just pause it just and go to, make to someone sure Are you seeing this? <laughs> that you
2: can't look away from the screen no, ever. I'm,
0: I'm just pointing at the screen for you, Jill. I don't that. Do that's that what she's me. saying. Yeah, I she don't... knows.
1: That's Yeah. <laughs> but I wouldn't do You're that for me. Explaining the joke.
0: No, I wouldn't do that for me.
2: You do that to everyone around you.
1: Passion fruit, it's at a jar candle at B underscore bird underscore moss is very, very, very good. My second favorite episode of Whitaker's Run. My favorite is soon, though. Even if you thought you figured out the twist, it still goes one step further, and Joe Martin is so badass, I will never shut up about her to anyone.
0: Never do. Whitaker's Run, huh?
3: It, it's over.
1: <laughs> They're filming right now <laughs> with Jodie Whitaker.
3: <laughs> you don't know. So, so Maybe she's just so visiting the set.
1: <laughs> In <her> Favorite <laughs> episode
5: of Whitaker so far.
1: Yeah. Nick Forest Focus at Jury of Underscore One says lots and lots of fun. This is a difficult episode to talk about without spoiling certain arcs going forward. Um it does suffer on rewatch from being basically all set up. But it's always exciting, especially the reveals of Jack, Dr. Ruth. I'm gonna skip that. Um <laughs> oh, no I love how this episode so completely misdirects by initially seeming to be just another campy romp with the Jadoon, before swerving so intensely into lore and arc building. I'm looking forward to hearing everyone's theories on what Jack was talking about, and... I'm gonna skip that, too.
3: Ooh, Cody (laughs) has a theory.
1: Yeah, what what do you guys think about what Jack was talking about? Uh, he's talking about the lone Cyberman. Yeah, it's Pinkman.
5: Like, don't fucking even talk to me. Oh!
3: jesse pinkman is pink? coming What's his over last name from Pink? breaking bad okay, yeah <laughs> pink
5: it's mr pink
0: <laughs> so you're thinking mr pink is gonna be the, the lone side is he is he looking for clara
1: is that is no. that what he it's, wants
5: yeah f- perpetually
1: he's just gonna grab her where's rachel <laughs> where is <laughs> where is she
2: there's gotta be more with lee
1: that's no, my he's, dead. he's dead. I want, what? I want more of so All Pink. Ears Larry or whatever his name was. All Ears Larry? What? The guy who worked in the coffee shop who's in love with Ruth?
5: Oh, who also yes. died. that dude was low-key super
4: right. And yeah, very dead. Yeah, super also dead. had a huge file on her husband. Like, that's real creepy. Yeah. Why did <laughs> he know,
3: though, that Lee was creepy but not Ruth? Okay, but we didn't... We don't know that they're dead because remember when we thought uh, Yaz was dead and then she just went to the weird world and was yeah, gone no, for like a half a just... second?
1: Remember when we thought Rose was dead and she just got teleported? No
3: one's Remember ever when dead. we
1: thought uh, Missy was dead and she just got teleported?
3: Like three times. <laughs> like.
1: Remember when we thought Clara was dead and she just got teleported? <laughs> <laughs> I-, I think there's
4: a theme here.
1: Yeah, but they all died still
3: not then
1: eventually
3: everyone dies eventually. okay guys
1: it's time for ollie's um pictures of his notes that he sent me um i'm going to kind of edit this a little bit ollie and kind of leave out stuff we've already talked about or stuff i just don't want to say so old underscore ollie at old underscore ollie Uh, host of the Companion Peace podcast, just came out with a good episode about Oliver Harper, a Big Finish-only first Doctor Companion who is in a trilogy of stories that are pretty good. I know it could be credited to the reveal in this, but it is genuinely an incredible story, along with having those twists come out of nowhere. At least one of them. Uh, It's one I always look forward to rewatching. I'll try to roughly keep this in order, but also his notes didn't really come to me in order, so this might just be all over the place. Uh, The Doctor actually talking to the fam about her problems is nice, and Jody plays the grumpy, begrudging Doctor so well, really making a marked difference uh, to the bubbly 13th Doctor from Season 11. You can see the depth of the Doctor's concern and desperation to find the Master and the answers to everything he hinted at, and then slight subtle anger and frustration at being interrupted. Uh, the contrast between the Doctor at the start of the story and the end is incredible. The anger and desperation is replaced with devastated confusion, and in the scene of 13 meeting the fam after leaving Ruth, she looks so distraught, and Jody's performance just shines. Um, starting the story with comedy and lightness really wrong-foots the audience and gives such a contrast to the violence and revelations that come later. Uh, Neil Stuke plays Lee so cleverly, giving the audience enough to suspect him without being too obviously a distraction. He plays the normal Lee scene so well, only letting that drop when Gat arrives. And that confrontation is brilliant, too, giving so many hints without actually giving us any proper answers. Oops, I just lost it. Uh, Gat is an excellent antagonist for the story, giving an understandable villain who nevertheless seems so threatening and intimidating towards both doctors. Uh, Her scene with Lee lets her show both sympathy and malice, giving us the the realization of her relationship with Lee, and makes us suspect Ruth. The reveal of Jack returning was so obvious from Barrowman's Twitter, but even so, it's always incredible when Jack's in an episode and watching it with... Gotta go to a new picture. And watching it with someone who didn't know is brilliant, not if that person's Terry. Well, I wish he'd been in it for more than just an expositionary cameo. What we had of him was magnificent, still as cap and cheesy as ever, Knowingly so, and his interactions with Team TARDIS are brilliant. Uh the exposition he does give is so intriguing that you can forgive that it's all we get from him. The alliance and the Cybermen having an empire are concepts concepts we haven't encountered yet, and they're so interesting. And the lone and the lone Cyberman is instantly so intriguing. A single monster is always more sinister and normally more threatening than an army. Uh might get a little spoilery there. Joe Martin is simply incredible in this, giving two performances that are so different but both so stand out. Ruth has doctory moments and yet nothing is too obvious. So you can see it on rewatch, but not at the time. She's played as ordinary in the best way, seems like a pseudo-companion, and has so many of their qualities, even when, even when she's scared you can see the fear, but her bravery and determination too. And the sudden switch during her battle with the Jadoon is incredible, giving us an action set piece that who doesn't do very often? And the Fugitive Doctor is incredible as well. A complete surprise, and one I was instantly so excited by. To be honest, when I saw the Chameleon Arch and the TARDIS, I thought it was going to be the Master. Hey, me too. Thinking that would be the most audacious thing Chibnall could do. So this completely floored me. Joe Martin's Doctor is a completely new side to the character. Brusque and stern, but with depth and gentility too. Giving us a glimpse at a Doctor who isn't afraid to lean towards violence and manipulation while still trying to be diplomatic. Trying to convince Gat to not use the gun seemed to echo the seventh doctor to me, and the more brute force of threatening the Jadoon into leaving really seemed to distinguish her as different to the rest of the doctors we've seen. (laughs) And I would be curious about Tatter's thoughts in the fugitive doctor's costume, too.
5: (laughs) (laughs) That will always be funny.
1: (laughs) He asked me when I was on his podcast last week if he could call Terry Tatters. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, thanks.
3: You're like, You must, in fact.
1: Yep, I said it's mandatory. Uh, Jodie's magnificent. That or, that or the goat. Yeah, the the lone goat that doesn't come out yet, but they the lone goat. Jodie's just magnificent in this too. The way she shows the doctor's reaction to all that happens is brilliant. Her la- her reaction to Ruth and the compassion you can feel from her uh, for someone who doesn't know who she is or why things are happening is wonderful. And ending the episode in a with a lead into the next story is such a good idea. Leaving the audience with so many questions, but not dwelling on them. Instead, we're propelled. Instead, we're propelled into what's to come next, though those questions are still hanging there. So excited to hear what you all think. It's one of my favorites of Jody's run, and I'm curious how you'll have taken it, as it has been divisive, but I'm hoping you all like it. You have some great stories to come, so I'm looking forward to you getting there. Only six more to go. Only? Now,
2: then we start Schitt's Creek. <laughs>
0: I did like what they said about, um, the doctor, uh, Ruth doctor, um, like having the gun, but then not using it to like shoot and, uh, and using it as a form of intimidation. But then even the doc, like Jody's doctor is just like, the doctor never uses weapons. She's like, shut up. They
1: don't know that. (laughs) 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 Like, oh, that's just so good. All right. Anyone have anything they want to talk about before we move on to our segments? Uh, let me check the quick notes here. Nope. If you didn't know, you don't care. <laughs> Alex, please give me that fun fact theme song.
0: Beep beep doo fun facts fun fun facts.
1: Oh, when in that scene you're talking about where, like, she's like, oh, the Doctor doesn't carry guns. She's like, I know. My favorite line of the whole thing is when Ruth Doctor goes, is there a word for how dumb you are? And she goes, Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And here's a fun one that might be hard to explain. So it's Ruth's birthday in this story. She's 44. This episode aired 44 years and two days from the brain of Morbius, which is the last Doctor Who story that insinuated that there were other versions of the Doctor that we hadn't yet seen on TV.
3: That's Mm. really confusing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so in that story, Brain Amorbius, um, someone hooks the Doctor up to a machine, and there's like a screen, and it starts showing all the past actors to have played the Doctor, at which, at this point, there were four. And then it keeps going, and it just shows a whole bunch of other dudes, and they just like took pictures of the crew and like put them on there. And just to kind of insinuate that the Doctor had had a lot of faces, and it's always been, like, a struggle for fandom to kind of place that, because it was obviously, like, retconned out with the whole, like, 13 Regenerations or whatever. Um, the lighthouse was West Usk Lighthouse. It's a bed and breakfast that has featured a Dalek in the entryway and a TARDIS change room since 2012. Long before it was used as a a set for Doctor Who.
0: Do they have internet? Because I would go stay there.
2: Alex wants to live in a lighthouse now.
0: Uh, It looks so (laughs) cool. Wouldn't it be?
5: I think it would just be nice. Except for the obvious horrifying hurricane from time to time. But it seems just peaceful and far from
0: society. Where were they on the world? With constant crashing water.
1: Europe. <laughs> well, that's like, the
0: thing is they they there was no water.
1: Sir.
4: Well, that too. there has to be water if there's a
2: lighthouse.
4: It was just low tide. It's no, because it was uh, out of commission lighthouse.
2: But the point yeah, of the built is to have
4: there if there, there wasn't water. Yeah,
3: that's. Good. I don't know.
4: I just really like the shot of when they did the landscape thing, and it, you saw just tiny little puddles everywhere. Like
1: visually, it was really fun to see. It's in Newport.
0: They don't get it has Four though. and a
1: half stars on out of seventy reviews on Google. Seventy. That's good. They had to have way more people than seventy.
2: All right, we're going tomorrow. Yeah,
1: book it, Joe. <laughs> tomorrow, book it. Soon Kay. as the world opens. Hold on, I'm on their website. Oh, it must be near Wales because they have a bunch of uh Welsh stuff. Oh, now they have a TARDIS on the top. Oh, they even have like a fourth doctor bedspread. We're definitely going here.
3: <laughs> yeah,
1: but do they have Wi-Fi? They have a hot tub.
2: You don't need Wi-Fi <laughs> on vacation. Ooh, it. Yeah,
0: hot tub. yeah, you do. You For need what? Wi-Fi on vacation so you can watch Netflix while you go to bed. They have a fucking TARDIS, man.
3: <laughs> you mean TikToks.
2: You never yeah. watch Netflix while you go to bed.
0: TikTok's the new Netflix. What do you, what do you think I do here before I go to bed? I'm watching like YouTube and Netflix.
2: Does that count? Yeah. Alex, hmm. give me that
1: MVP theme song. Oh.
2: Bim,
0: Terry's got something to say.
1: MVP. No, it's fine.
4: <laughs> Terry, who's your MVP? I am giving my MVP to Joe Martin. No shit. I know. I Sam? really wanted to okay.
3: <laughs> Dr. Ruth. Cody.
5: Uh, oh, God. Like, I want it to be Bearman, but Ruth is so good. Bearman. Nice. Jill.
2: Also want it to be Behrman, but obviously it's Ruth. Uh, yeah, Joe.
1: Alex. Joe. <laughs> uh, yeah, obviously Joe Martin and... Easy for me to remember because my one of my best friends growing up who lived four houses down, his mom was named Joe Martin. She still is. She's alive. And uh, <laughs> so an extra special touch for me. It is now time for everybody's favorite quiz sensation, the Doctor Who Pub Quiz, in which these five people will break up into three teams of two or less to have a competition of pub quiz style. Your first question. Now they're going to be a little harder this week. I got some shit when I was on the Companion Piece podcast about how fucking easy our quizzes are. Harder? No, they hard. did here last Dear week. Dear Companion Piece, this said, is married to who with first time who? Watches. I said a little harder, but also it's more f- important that it's fun for the listeners than for you.
2: If you want real people, you should go find real people.
1: (laughs) Okay. Okay, They're not that hard. I'll explain. Can I say my fun thing for me before we get
2: into this disaster?
1: (laughs) In the Lazarus experiment, Dr. Lazarus uses a technology to make himself young. In a different episode later that same season, who uses Dr. Lazarus's technology for nefarious purposes? Alright, this is the one that's pretty hard. In the Saranga Conundrum, the Doctor reads the danger levels of the ship as Chalice and Beetroot. What color was the danger level in the Empty Child when the Doctor and Rose are chasing Captain Jack's space junk through the Time Vortex? Okay, last real hard one, then they get easier. In The Girl Who Waited, there are two buttons that get you into the timey-wimey room in the hospital. The doctor and Rory press the green anchor button. Amy fell behind and pushes a different button. What button does Amy push? Okay. A little easier. In The Caretaker, the doctor becomes the caretaker at Clara's school. What subject does Danny Pink teach... And what subject does the Doctor keep saying that he teaches? Bonus point... (laughs) They left. (laughs) Bonus point, if you could tell me the name of the evil robot in the episode. Okay, in Dark Water, after Danny dies, the Doctor and Clara visit the 3W Institute in an attempt to find out where people go when they die. What does 3W stand for? And I do have a bonus question slash tiebreaker, but it involves the answer to the fifth question, so we'll get to it later. Question one. In the Lazarus experiment, Dr. Lazarus uses a technology to make himself young. In an episode later in the season, who uses Dr. Lazarus' technology for nefarious purposes?
0: We said Missy. The
5: Master.
1: It's the Master. Nice. It's season three so it's definitely not missy but missy is the master what no, do you guys think
0: i i was thinking like i was imagining capaldi and clara so i couldn't think of who was actually like the era so don't worry about it he
1: uses it to make the doctor old
3: oh and make him little dobby doctor Oh yeah, i remember that, I remember that now
1: in the Saranga Conundrum, the Doctor reads the danger levels of the ship as Chalice beetroot. What color was the danger level in the Empty Child when the Doctor and Rose are chasing Captain Jack's space joke through the time vortex? Rose gold. We no.
0: said We said cyan? No. Oh. Pink
1: rose? <laughs> no.
3: Cyan was the color in the Doctor's wife, right?
1: I don't know. No, that was, um, crimson. Oh, No, the color of the alert was mauve, or mauve, depending on how you pronounce it. Oh. It's a big joke. You humans and your red alerts. Like, no one cares about red. It's mauve in the universe.
3: I do not remember that.
1: That was season one. Uh, in The Girl Who Waited, there are two buttons that get you into the timey-wimey room. The Doctor and Rory press the green anchor. What button does Amy push?
3: Red Red Waterfall.
1: Red
5: Waterfall.
1: Yes. E-Z. And that one was hard? That's not a hard one. (laughs) I never would have got it. Did you guys get it, Alex? Yeah. Okay, Terry? (laughs) (laughs) In the caretaker, what does Danny teach? Maths. What does the doctor say that he teaches? P.E. What is the name of the robot? Freddie? What? Great intelligence. <laughs> it's the Skullvox Blitzer. Yeah, I wouldn't have had that. no way. Yeah, no name. idea. <laughs> Terry, anything there? Uh Roomba of Doom.
3: It would have been better <laughs> if it was Roomba of Doomba.
4: <laughs> you fucked up, Terry. Roomba,
1: as they say. Uh did you get the teacher stuff? Yeah, I got math and fiad.
3: It's Maths, with an S.
1: Maths. In Dark Water, what does 3W stand for? Three words? Yes. Mm.
0: Hell yeah. Damn. Hell yeah. I couldn't think of the three words. Like, is it, am I dead? Like, are are those the three words?
1: Well, it's funny you ask because I believe you and Jill and Cody and Sam are tied. Oh no. And the Tiebreaker no. question is: What are the three words? Oh fuck! <laughs> am I dead? We win. Nope. First person to say them um, correctly wins. Just keep shouting it out. Uh, I am dead. Where am I? No, no. Uh, Who am I? What happens? No.
3: Who are you? Oh, I. Why?
0: I am cold. I am, I am cold. <laughs> no, but no. you're on the right Ooh,
1: track. I feel pain. Ooh. closer Ooh. please kill me <laughs> they're already dead <laughs> what, i am dead what is the most painful thing that they could experience oh, do uh do not cremate that's four or it's close it's two of those words <laughs> do not do high. do not, do not
3: cremate
1: uh, what if you made do and not into one Don't word? Cremate Don't me. cremate me. Don't cremate me. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> ah, Sam bark. was
3: the winner. I never, ever would have gotten that. <laughs> that is not... Jeez. I think that's all, um, Alex.
0: Yeah, but I remember it right. it, I remember it was like some sort of feeling thing.
1: <laughs> well, the first thing you said is, I am dead. <laughs>
0: no, no. The first thing I
1: said is, I am cold because they were in a no, cooler. No, that was like the ninth thing you said. no. Pull, yeah pull it back jake pull it back we it'll be on the podcast we record these <laughs> no when i started thinking of the 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 feeling thing, yes. that's when At i said one point yeah, if you yeah, start yeah, from yeah, there yeah. then yes <laughs> the first thing you said was i am cold <laughs> alex give me that paper cup with these on this has been Married To Who's episode on Fugitive of the Dune. If you want to participate in our Twitters, you can do so, Married To Who Pod. You can follow us on Instagram, Married To Who. You can email us, married at gmail.com. If you want to listen to this podcast, you can do so on Spotify, Google Play, or Apple Podcasts. If you want to listen to the old episodes, you can do that on our website, MarriedToWho.com. On behalf of myself, Jake, Cody, Sam, Jill, Alex, and producer Terry, thank you so much for listening. Please join us. Next time for Praxius.
0: <laughs> be do you do 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 do